Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome back to your bonafide favorite, pop culture podcast and this week we're talking all about comfort people comfort shows comfort things comfort food everything comfy i'm here with my comfort person london laura am i really yeah fuck yeah i feel like if i rocked up to your house i would just be like Oh, there's a soup, there's a focaccia, and I don't have to think about anything. Well, the air mattress is recently free, so yes. you roll on in. We've finished our two no. months of visitors. What's one more? <laughs> Laura is like very recently empty nesting, and I'm not going to come along and ruin that. Your kids have grown up, and they've left the house. I'm empty nesting. Wait, is that what describes your week? Yes. That's, we were just saying, we never know what a yes. word that describes our week, but that is, I'm an empty nester. Because how do you make a week a word? <laughs> I don't know, it's your segment. <laughs> no, it's like, it's so, it's a nice challenge, because otherwise we're just, as we do for about 30 minutes before we get on the podcast, we're just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> because And we were just saying, maybe we should just ask each other, like, how was your week? But it is a nice challenge to try and shoehorn your whole week into one random word or term. It is. Well, mine is empty nesters. I'm taking that. Yeah, because you've just had, what, months of people that... Obviously, it's been the best for you because you love it's having people around all the time. But you finally sort of... I don't know. You seem a bit more hinged, like, together <laughs> than you have in previous <laughs> weeks. I'm sorry. Are you calling me unhinged (laughs) you've just had a bit more of a calm aura to you um as we've been chatting this morning it is finally yeah it's been so nice having everyone visit from new zealand for english summer which was not a summer but i think yeah it's nice now to just like have our house back yes i don't know yeah this is i also love having people though it's a hard thing like my favorite thing is having a house full of people. So I think I really, really enjoy it. What I think it has taught me is that I actually really do need time alone to recharge, which I didn't think I did necessarily. Yeah, I have the opposite problem. I hate hosting people. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually trying to change that when we live in Lisbon by telling everyone, because I think I will get lonely when I'm over there a little bit. Obviously, I've got Belle, but, you know, like lonely for a group of people. Yeah. And so I've been telling everyone, open door policy, like, come, please stay. Because on the other side of the world from New Zealand, like, that, I think I'll be ready. And I'm really going to try and enjoy hosting people because I hate having people in my space. But it's actually bad. Like, I spend an abnormal amount of time alone. Like, I've come home. My dad calls me Do a recluse really? because I 
ha- like literally except for dad and my family haven't seen a single person in like a month and a half and what I love it like it's so bad i told ruby the other I day i was like sorry i'm getting so too bad. used to being on my own it's like not healthy anymore <laughs> that i genuinely couldn't do that i i know and i, I genuinely couldn't have two months of people needing me to like show up <laughs> it's un- it's crazy but it's wow. well i guess i think we are in like the two camps that people listening or well, there's more than two camps but people will relate they'll be in either team lucy or team laura on the having yeah, people in up. the space <laughs> sign up for team lucy let's team fight laura. guys let's fight <laughs> this is off topic but can we talk about the person who sent you stickers because i love them <gasps> no okay she's amazing actually she wanted to send them to me like a year ago and then she had a baby and she said she got baby brain and then i moved and then us sending out our Siska stickers reminded her that she had all these stickers and sorry the little details like of course the london laura the squish the chimes all those stickers but my duck tattoo that i got for my little brother who used to love ducks she sent me oh. like some ducks it just i was just like i am joking you're like the cutest person on earth she sent a gorgeous long card about how sis- she had siska in a time when she'd moved from some big cities into a small town in new zealand like in lockdown it was really hard and then now she's found friends and community and she still loves Siska and she oh I'm just like stop it but I'm bringing you a London Laura sticker because I have two and obviously I I want one and I need to get you your London Laura oh bring it here yes I will I will deliver it sorry the Siska hood is the (laughs) cutest literally the cutest so cute (laughs) That is I, I, so cute. Is that what describes your week? Your stickers or alone oh, time? Well, that's being a way, recluse. No. Oh, <laughs> being a recluse <laughs> describes my fucking life. And I actually didn't have anything that describes my week except for everyone. I'm still waiting on my visa. So visa hell, oh. being a recluse, and stickers. Yeah. How do you feel? We talked about this a little off mic, but how do you feel about the fact that you might be moving in literally two weeks? That's to the other crazy. side of the world. Like, unfortunately. I feel like any feelings I have about it are just totally suspended right now. So what's yeah. going to happen is I'll get my visa or I won't and then I'll have to hectically move all the flights I have booked. But I'll get my visa, I'll have to pack up my life and like do all my goodbyes within like 12 hours. To be it fair, feels very like was, you're in a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair... It feels kind of on brand. It feels like I sabotage myself so I have things to write about in the newsy, but I don't. Uh, kind of, I do you know in that last episode of Friends when Rachel's like going to the... Is she going yes. to the airport or is yeah. Ross going to the airport? It feels like that. Someone's chasing someone. Yeah. You're chasing Belle. <laughs> I am. So Belle's nearly... Like she might be landing in Portugal like literally as we're recording this. <sighs> and I mean, it's perfect that she's there first because she is the like older sister of it all that can sort of make sure things are ready for like younger sister to be like oh my fucking god like how do I get to the apartment how do I do this how do I do this I mean she's nomaded before so anyway it's just all a very unique time isn't it I the state of flux that you're in I think you're doing very well (laughs) you're very hinged (laughs) despite the circumstances (laughs) despite the circumstances well I think it's to do with all the alone time. Oh. <laughs> I've been a lot of the process. 
I'm so hinged. Anyway, Laura, Ruby has done a very fucking good should I care this week. Um, And also hilariously last week, she messaged me being like, I am so sorry for how shit that celebrity names should I care. And I was like, bro, it was funny. I think we should have one of those a week. Yes. And I like loved it. And I loved her commentary. But I will say this week it's three... um, very good stories that spoiler alert i actually do care about them all the first one laura i don't know if you saw this it made me sick to my stomach all the fans that swarmed taylor swift outside jack antonoff and margaret qualley's i saw a little bit of it oh so okay jack antonoff and margaret qualley famously um like taylor swift's best friends or at least jack antonoff bestie producer you know, always together. We all know this. Um, and actually, Ruby and I, a little, uh, what do you call it? A little humble brag. Ruby and I saw Jack Antonoff and Margaret Qualley when we were having dinner in New York City. Fam- famously. <laughs> famously. Uh... Famously, I was having dinner with them. No. Um, anyway, so Taylor Swift's their bestie. They had their wedding rehearsal dinner and someone tipped off that they saw Taylor Swift, like, either at the restaurant, on their, on her way there, whatever. Doesn't matter because what ensued was hundreds and hundreds of fans literally swarming outside this rehearsal dinner for a fucking wedding. And, and they were like, so police had to arrive because there was so many fans. They were chanting Taylor Swift. They were knocking on the windows of the venue. Oh, they were really like that scene out of Miss Maragana. Yeah, where she says, like, I know it's not normal for them to be on, like, outside my house. And also, you should like my album without having to come. I don't know. She's been very vocal about how she doesn't like this. And... Anyway, then, like, when the um, venue closed the curtains, as you would, fans started booing. And I'm like, okay, what do you expect? Do you expect Taylor Swift is going to come outside and be like, oh, my God, thank you for showing me your devotion. Like, let me take photos. Free tickets for all of you. So cute. Love that you're here. No, it looks so rude. It is so rude. It's kind of Delulu that you would think that it's a good idea to go and swarm someone's wedding venue. Man. It's like, did you see the videos when Kourtney Kardashian got married in Italy? And it was like all the fans just swarming outside the restaurant that they were all in. Again, for their rehearsal dinner. And it's like, okay, fair enough. It was this, you know, small town and like the entire Kardashian group turns up. And that's going to draw attention. But at the same time, it was like, oh, this is like a wedding. And they're trying to wade through with their children. And like... It's just like... It's a lot. It's quite... I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm fucking the ripe age of 25. But it seems like a really normal thing to be able to be like, oh, waiting for someone outside a concert at a venue or whatever, that makes sense. There's security there. They plan for that and they expect it. Going to someone's Mm. wedding or outside the recording studio or at a shopping mall or whatever that they're trying to do normal things... That's not what I should be doing. That's not what they want, and it's not safe, and they are not going to think I'm a really cool fan for doing that. Oh, like, and just so tough on everyone involved as well. I feel like if you haven't already listened, we've done a podcast on this yes. before around fandom and behavior and treating people like you'd want to be treated. Yes, and treating celebrities like 
normal people, which like obviously, or just saying, not treating them as normal people because it comes to a point when they're not, but as humans. And and to be like to be fair, online Swifties were sort of like this is you know this is not us, this is not true Swifty behaviour. Like these aren't real fans, and like to a degree, I believe that. Like I believe that people that are that far in it mm. would be like fuck no, like you know sort of we know Taylor, she wouldn't want this. Mm. But I'm just like, it's. I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, how people are throwing shit at celebrities on stage all the time now. And it's mm. like, have we actually forgotten how to be decent, normal humans mm. about things? Like, why mm. can't we just be normal about things? Yeah, if you can't tell, we definitely care about this, this story. Oh, yeah. I care about this so much. I'm like... It also does feel like every single week or every second week we have a story like this at the moment. I know. Which feels like it is ramping up. Yeah, and it's unsafe. I mean, we have you li- literally people have died, celebrities have died from things like this. Like I, I remember Christina Grimmie at a meet and greet, and a fan came up, and you know she got shot. Like we have so many cases throughout history where this has literally been unsafe, and I just it also just sucks. It would suck. Last thing on this, it would suck being a celebrity at Taylor Swift's like level of celebrity that like she would never have a normal conversation again in her life you know every single person in the world knows who she is imagine knowing you were never going to have like an unbiased like conversation again in your life that's a really interesting take imagine that 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 would keep me up at night i feel like there's like really bad films made about this (laughs) oh (laughs) don't you like what like a celebrity who's no longer a celebrity it's giving hannah montana what am i talking about yeah <laughs> yes and and that's why they choose to live a double life like yeah also just one question i have for you or i have to everyone is like do you think you know how we were talking about doja cat um a few weeks ago and how she said and phoebe bridges we talk about all the time mm-hmm. and how they've sort of put a boundary up with their mm-hmm. fans mm-hmm. doja cat in a very different way in a very abrasive way um saying like i don't know you you don't know me Mm -hmm. like that's sort of the thing like do you think it's time for taylor swift to actually say something because she feeds that parasocial relationship you know she's like so nice to her fans to the point where they may think it's okay or that they are owed i don't know i feel like she did say something in the Miss Americana documentary yes. though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, she did. I don't know, and I think... And, a, and that's so true. She said it in a really formal way, like respected way because it was in a documentary. Mm. I mean, it would be interesting to hear a statement from her on particularly this episode and how... On, the, on this episode of Culture Vulture. On this, on this episode <laughs> She will come to Culture Vulture. <laughs> no, I know. That was just something that I was thinking about. I was like... It's obviously, and I don't want anyone to think I'm saying that it's her fault that this is happening. Like, this is obviously so far out of her control. But um, she is one of the few celebrities that are really, really squeaky clean in terms of the I love my fans sort of message she puts out there. Whereas we're seeing a bit more people say, hey, we're all just people. Let's let's sort of take a step back. Don't come up to me at a wedding. Don't come up to me on the way to my dad's funeral. Sort of. Yeah, I um, mean, and again, it's like I love my fans, and I think 
everyone loves their fans. What people are not loving is behavior that is unsafe <laughs> or non-consensual or all of the above, which we come Absolutely. back to. Would you want this done to you? Yes. A great question to ask. So, yeah, I would I would love to see um, – I think I would like to see her say something about this. Just well, – because something, something has to change. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Story number two. Anna Paul and Glenn broke up. Do do you know who I'm talking about so when I say these I people? I saw this before when you sent it through, and I have no idea who these people are, which is hilarious to me because I feel like this always happens where sometimes I really know what you're talking about and other times yes. it's a blank slate. So hit me loose. But that's why I like it because, again, some people be on Team Laura where they're like, what the fuck's that? And some people be on Team Lucy where it's like, get off the internet. Like, yeah, we've been on the internet too much. So Anna Paul is like one of the biggest TikTok sort of personalities. Well, definitely in Australia slash New Zealand, but she's huge, like millions and millions of followers. She's actually an OnlyFans creator, but none of that content is on TikTok. She's very wholesome, very sweet, very cute. And she like has this boyfriend called Glenn and he's they've been together for eight years and he's been in all her videos and they make OnlyFans content together but also he's in lots of her TikTok videos um and basically it was one of those relationships where fans watched it and were like if they break up I don't believe in love you know that type of thing they were like couple goals because they were just really sweet and normal like they weren't in your face they were just like a normal relationship um anyway they've just broken up and it's like Obviously, TikTok ran wild with rumors, and Glenn did this, and Glenn said this on his private story, and blah blah blah. But then Anna Paul came back on and said, like, no, not no bad blood happened. Like, please don't come to my videos and like say that you think love is dead and that where's Glenn and blah blah blah. Because she's like, that'll make me really sad. Like, she has a really good relationship with her followers, which is why I think this is an interesting breakup because she is literally asking people to be respectful, mm-hmm. and I think people like. Like, for some reason, this is one where they're really listening to her. Um, And people really fucking care about this. And weirdly, I don't care about the breakup, but Anna Paul is, like, such a fascinating figure to me because she's so cool and she's really destigmatizing being an OnlyFans creator and the fact that you can do that and be a fucking normal person, as you should be. Um, And people really respect her in her career and I care about her more than I care about the brand. And also the behavior around it, like the fact that people are listening to her. I know because like people were speculating. She sort of just Mm. shut it down in like a really Mm. authentic way. Um, And I think, yeah, that's something that, that's something that we haven't seen that often. Usually people just don't talk about it until it blows up. Totally. All blows up. Okay. And the next story, Laura, this was just going to be, Ruby wrote it about Justin Bieber potentially dropping Scooter Braun as his manager. Unconfirmed, everyone. But then before we came on to talk about this, I saw that Billboard has reported that Demi Lovato and Ariana Grande have also dropped Scooter Braun as their manager. 
Jay Balvin dropped Scooter Braun as their manager as his manager back in May. And so I'm like, are we gonna be seeing some big news come out about Scooter Braun soon, which is why everyone's dropping him. Wow, I haven't seen anything about this, but I am interested to see what comes out in the next 24 hours. I know. So so everyone, Scooter Braun, for those that don't know, um, manager to the stars, became Justin Bieber's manager at a very young age, um, and he famously was behind the sort of purchasing of all Taylor Swift's masters and then she tried to buy them back he was a real dickhead villain of the internet for a hot minute and to be honest still today um and yeah so first reports came out that Justin Bieber was dropping him and everyone was like what and that's still not being confirmed but I think these other people have been confirmed so Rubes has written here that according to the reports about the Justin Bieber and Scooter Braun sort of breakup um apparently the two haven't spoken in months lawyers are now involved and as the cherry on top park news claimed that and again unconfirmed justin bieber was potentially looking to hire britney spears ex-manager lou taylor who was actually heavily involved in britney's conservatorship so you we all we have an episode about britney's conservatorship um that you should go and listen to because that would be really an interesting choice for Justin Bieber. As a tangent, did I also see that Britney is getting a divorce? Yes, yep. She's getting a divorce from Sam someone who like, well, I mean, Britney was always the relevant one to me in that relationship. So she's, yeah, getting a divorce. I Have you seen the stuff about how it's like a the year of divorces? Oh, it's the... And then Jack Antonoff's out here getting married in the middle of uh, it. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I feel like we've talked about this before or maybe I did it on an episode with Belle... But about, yeah, I think it was with Belle. It was like, everyone's fucking breaking up this year and divorcing this year. And it's like... What do you think is... I mean, that for me is interesting because it's three years since the pandemic. And I feel like a lot of stuff is coming out of the wash right now. Across the board. Like, you know, behaviours that were adapted. I saw it was like the front page of The Guardian this week about talking about is flexible working over. Mm -hmm. All these things that kind of... There was this like period of two to three years where anything went. And now... Every the chips are falling. Yeah, well, it's kind of like okay, it's not like this at all, but it's like you know, back in the old days, everyone was smoking because you thought it was really good for you, and everyone just adapted to that as a behaviour to like, I don't know, get through whatever was happening back then, and then they realised, oh, that's actually not the best way to like live. It's like when the pandemic happened, we all did all these new things that felt like the best way to live, and now you know, three years on. And we're seeing maybe a few consequences, whether it's your relationship breakdown or whether it's that you need interaction with your workmates. Um, or whether you, you know, want to be a recluse and actually yeah! <laughs> go back to looking yourself down alone. But I, I also feel like with the celebrity divorce thing, potentially, because I feel like it all kind of started maybe with the Ariana Grande, Ethan Slater, her divorcing her husband or separating from him. Um, maybe celebrities either were like, okay, well, there's a way bigger story, so let's just slide ours in, you know, as everyone's talking about that. Oh, um, that's a cynical easy. take. Yeah, or they were just like, well, everyone's fucking doing it now, so let's just get lumped in with everyone and move on. We had to do it sometime. And and you know what we should all be doing in this time? Going to our comfort things. And that brings us to... First of all, I just want to say I really care about everyone dropping Scooter Broad. Do you care or not? I care. I definitely care. I want to see what comes out in the next 24 hours. Me too. 
Me too. Comfort things, comfort things, comfort things. Laura and I have been wanting to do an episode about comfort things for a long time. And we really hope that you all, it makes you all think about what brings you comfort. Because it's like such a nice thing to think about. Like such an easy thing to think about. And I think if you didn't already, Luce did a really brilliant newsie this weekend where she listed everything that's ever influenced her. And also I think brings you comfort as well as a nice time. Yes. And it was... Let's just, a moment please for Laura's Star. A moment. (gasps) So Laura's Star is a book that I read basically every night or was read it to me like every night as a kid. And it was, it's like a, it's a deep, deep cut. It's it's not like a famous, famous book. And then Laura was like, oh my God, you've pulled that out of the trenches of my brain. The Um, feelings that it surfaced in me were not like, not expected. I looked at the cover of it and I genuinely got teary. No, I, it's didn't even the most beautiful. Book. I couldn't even remember it. Like I could have gone my whole life never thinking about that again. But I think it is one of those things where it obviously, you know, you read it. I don't even know what age, like where this came about. Would love to know if anyone else had Laura no. Star. Obviously, being called Laura, it spoke to me. Yeah, <laughs> on a deep level. I know. But honestly, if you haven't read it, go read Luce's Newsy on this because there is a thousand and one deep cut references. Chicken Soup for the Soul was in there. Yes. Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. It's very comfort show, comfort people, comfort thing um, coded. So we thought we'd just like, we don't need to explain to you what a comfort thing is because it's just something that makes you feel good or is like reflects back a time of your life that you are really comfortable. Um, But we thought we'd just go through a list of some of ours. So, Laura, do you want to kick us off? I'll kick us off, and I think we should start with TV shows because I think this is where my brain instantly goes to when I think of what is my comfort things and when I need comfort. I think it's also very easy because when you need comfort or when you want to chill out, it's low lift. Like, there's barely anything necessary. TV shows... I feel like I had heaps of comfort TV shows because there's so many episodes of them that, like, you can just well, keep going this back. is what I wanted to ask you because I think everyone actually has quite different – not just everyone has different comfort shows. I think some correlate, like, the fact that Friends is still being rerun on the television obviously means it's someone's comfort show out there. But what makes a comfort show? Is it that it's funny? Is it that – like you can watch it a thousand times and not care but there's a reason why I would go back to Gilmore Girls and I can't bring myself to rewatch Succession and I think yeah for me it is the chemistry of the cast the thing that will make me rewatch and rewatch and rewatch a show is everyone being friends and a sense of community and I honestly I actually think that's it like I love, okay, list of some on top of my head. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. When I was at university, I would basically go to sleep every single night watching an episode of that in the lead up to the reruns as well. Same with Gossip Girl. Recently did New Girl and Modern Family, which was rogue, but there's so many episodes, which I think is another factor for me. A lot of episodes. I don't want a limited run. Mm -hmm. Um, We also got weirdly obsessed with... The Great British Bake Off during lockdown, and I could not stop watching it. Yeah, I think so many people will relate to Great British Bake Off. Even in the name, it makes you feel like... I ugh. had a friend tell me about it, and I was like, 
that is not like I like cooking, don't like baking famously. And the it's the way that they all rally around each other. Every week someone would go home and the following week they'd wear like an item of clothing that reminded them of the contestant that went home. Even Love Island, like the reason I loved watching Love Island was like and Rupert said this as well, it's like the romance between the friends. Like Yes. The yeah. way something about that for me is what makes my favourite comfort show is but loose. What do you think yours is? Um okay. Modern Family is a huge comfort show for me. I feel like my comfort comfort shows are either things that I have watched when I've been deeply depressed, which used to happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, everyone. Less so now. Um, and But they haven't been tainted by it. You know how yes. sometimes you could be like, oh, I could never touch that again. Yes. Terrible time in my life. So Modern Family and Shits Creek have both been there for me when I literally couldn't do anything else. Yes. Those were the two things I could do. And Modern Family, I watched with my little brother, and we still, like, when we're together, it's the go-to thing. So why? Why do you think it is? Well, they're both funny, but not in, like, I hate stand-up comedy, and I hate, like, I have a very specific type of funny that I like. And for some reason, these two have it. Also, Schitt's Creek, the way that the family, like, comes together by the end in really subtle ways, in non-cringe ways, is, like, amazing. And actually, same with modern family. So maybe I have family issues. That, well, maybe it's people coming coming together against a common goal. Against a common goal. Um, South Park. South Park specifically because it ri- reminds me of a time in my life. Ruby and I were working on shit you should care about. Like during the pandemic, she'd just finished oh. her like winery job. And we would sit together at my mum's kitchen table and South Park would play all day in the background and we became obsessed with Cartman and it's just really funny and it reminds me of Ruby and those early days of Siska so much. Um, Shrill, because it's just... I watch it every time I'm on the plane. There's always like one or two episodes. It's A.D. Bryant. It's, It's like... Just such a wonderful representation of like fat women being accepted and like thriving in society and I remember watching it being like, why hasn't everyone fucking seen this? Like, it's so good. It's, like, life-changing for so many people. Um, and then the next two, Awkward, which I'm re-watching right now. I don't know if you ever yes, watched Awkward. Yes, you told me about yes, this. Awkward. That's just, like, such a comfort show. And Fleabag. Fleabag's, like... Fleabag. I have not rewatched it. I feel like the way I... I don't really... I haven't rewatched it either. I think I've watched it twice, but... Mm-hmm. It's comfort show in the way that any time a flea bag thing comes across my timeline or my feed or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, whoever shared this, like, gets it. Gets what it means to be a fucking woman oh. in the world. Like, so flea bags up there. That, yeah. I think the idea of memory associated to it is huge yes. for me. Yes. I am the world's biggest nostalgia girl. Yes, I am. Obviously, I listed fucking. A million things that made me feel... One that I forgot to mention that is very rogue, but honestly has become my number one comfort show is The Durrells. Oh, you've talked about this. I honestly... I don't know how we came across it, but it is the, like, I don't even know what, like, non... It's fictionalized, kind of, but the story of this family who moved to Corfu, like, during wartime, and basically lived on Corfu and it's the story of their life and it's just the most wholesome like building a community there's beautiful Greek scenery and it literally me and Rupert went to Corfu when we were deciding where we should go in Greece we were like well yes it's got to be where the The Darrells were the fake tv show 
I, I would love that. recommend that a hundred times over. And also one other rogue recommendation as you're saying that, Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim is a comfort show for me just for all the reasons listed. It's funny. It's family. It's that fucked is up. Great. It's the perfect comfort show. Okay, what have we got next? Okay, we got to move through these thick and fast. Okay, this one is interesting, and I'm not sure if this is just... No, I know this isn't just me, but I have very strong opinions on it. Comfort food. I hadn't listed any comfort food, and when you said this, I was like, what is it? And then it made me think... Okay. If I'm hungover, my only comfort food is white bread toasted with butter on it, like salted proper butter. Um... Roast vegetable couscous salad because my mum used to make it all the time and for some reason it was just like <sighs> my favourite thing in the world. Chicken Marbella, which Ruby's family made for me for the first time, which was like chicken cooked with, I think it's prunes and olives and it's really sort of Mediterranean and delicious. And Turkish eggs because they remind me of Flo and I can make them and they're young. These are all so cute, the couscous. <laughs> I know, what the I used to tell people that was going to be my, like, death row meal. Couscous. Like, Why the fuck are you having couscous and roast vegetables? Go back to the 80s, please. Oh. <laughs> but Man. I want to hear – I've rushed through them because I want to hear from you because I don't – Oh, I have strong, strong takes. No, my, none of mine are cooking. And that's why I think comfort food for me, it's developed over the years, but it's very much tied to a memory. So I had um, – I think a lot of people have this. When you're sick, Marmite toast. White bread with Marmite for me, constantly. Um, When I was in flatting, when I'd first gone flatting, I... And I wrote about this, I think, when we started Shit You Should Cook About. But I had this middle-of-the-night nachos meal where basically I would come home strung out, open up a bag of, like, nacho chips, which we always had in the house, squirt tomato ketchup onto them, and, like, maybe grated cheese if we had it. And that, for me, was, like... Obviously, no nutritional value or really taste, but something about it was so comforting to me, knowing that at the end of the night, whatever state I'm coming home, yes. and that is there waiting for me. And I still... Also, you calling it tomato ketchup is rogue. Like, don't forget your roots. You're from New Zealand. It's tomato sauce. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, wait. We have to keep going through this. I think tomato pasta yes. still forever will be my everything meal. It was made for me by my best friend, Tess, when she... We came home after a night out and she walked up to her tomato plants and like pipped some cherry tomatoes, put them in a pan with some butter, some garlic and pasta. And it was the most perfect meal. And I just was like, you can do that. Like you can make pasta like that. And basically yeah. was how I started cooking. I think watching her and being inspired. The last two are mm. when I, I had a, someone who was very, very sick and I, a lot of the time was driving home really late, like midnight 1am driving home from the hospital the only thing that would be open would be burger fuel and I would relentlessly buy a v-twin veggie burger which will mean nothing to anyone outside of New Zealand do they have burger fuel in Australia maybe I don't know but a v-twin veggie burger was basically I think for a year I had like one a week and that was just my my brain's not working and I can't eat them anymore like I'm completely and utterly done with them but something about that time and knowing that I could have that one thing and it was like yes. something I could control, which is just yeah. – and I think comfort food is a lot like that. Like it might be nachos with tomato sauce, but 
I know it's there. I have this one thing that it doesn't matter if it has nutritional value. It's like going to fill me up and I need it. I would also add to that list um, the Whitaker's peanut butter chocolate. It just feels like a constant between me and all my girlfriends is like we just always at a get together for some reason have Whitaker's peanut butter chocolate. And it's because at one time in our lives we loved it. And now even though I would argue there's better flavors, it's like that's the one that is someone will buy it because we know that we all loved it once. I love that okay songs this for me I had oh. too many to, okay sorry I had t- she had too many I mean your full list is in the newsletter which we will link in here because there is a lot but I think songs I'll also link this I did an article a while ago where I interviewed like eight musicians on the song that changed their life and it's so beautiful to read it but I think Everyone has a song or a playlist or an artist that they come back to. Are we doing songs and albums or are we just doing songs? Oh, definitely. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I've, just, I've just got one that okay. I'm going to go with, which is River by Leon Bridges. Oh, yeah. This, for me, was like a really hard time in my life. And a friend was like, have you heard this song? And it was, I think it was before it got synced to Big Little Lies and went everywhere. Yeah. And... Uh, we were early on it, just so everyone uh, yeah. knows. Uh, we were there first. Yeah. Um, but that's, I must have listened to it about 20 times on my drive home that night after she sent it to me. And ever since has just been a constant, we had it played at our wedding. Like, oh, yes. I, it just calms me down no matter oh, what. I love it. No that. matter how many times. I love, I love it so much. I've got, okay, I'm going to do a really quick. I'll try to have minimal explanation. My first ever favorite song, Whole Again, Atomic Kitten. Um, my like cousins used to love the song and then I loved it because I loved hanging out with them because of you, Kelly Clarkson. Video oh, killed the that radio. Is perfection. Video killed the radio star, sung it on um, Singstar 80s nonstop. Mr. Blue Sky, Electric Light Orchestra. My dad played this in the car when we'd go camping and like make like a sock puppet out of his hands to sing like the like it's oh. weird, but it was like cute. Um, what about me, Shannon Noel? Mum loved that song. It's like That's a sing star classic. Such a deep cut. <laughs> Cover of the Rolling Stone, Doctor Hook again, Mum loved it. Long live Taylor Swift because it feels like graduating college. And then go and look at my full list because every single song in there. Also, issues Julia oh. Michaels. It reminds me of my girlfriends because we fucking smash that song oh. when we live together. Songs is one that for me, I actually don't think I can pull a list together. Like, no, I, I actually don't think I could do no. it. I had to rein it in because, like, I have a playlist of all of them. And as I was writing them down, I was like, honestly, this is too much. No one's going to fucking read this because it's too much. <laughs> There's a 200 songs that are my comfort no, songs. No, there, there are, though. I was like, wow, has this many songs touched me? And I was like, well, that makes sense because, like, Basically, all we all do is listen to music all the time. Um, oh, okay. Go. Books. Oh, books. I only have one. Hit me. House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Cohn. <gasps> Famously a Siska 2020 favorite. It was recommended to me by the pers- the mum of the kids I used to babysit. And she was just like, I think you'll love this. I read it. Loved it. Told Siska. Every single person that read it in the Siskahood loved it. And... It's non-tragic and it's safe and it's comfortable. Do you feel like you could reread it? Yes. Oh. That's what makes it. That and All the Bright Places, which I used to read when I was depressed. And I probably read it a hundred times and now I oh. couldn't touch it. 
What about I you? famously, I, I can't reread books ever. I don't know what it is, but the only thing I have reread, Confessions of a Shopaholic, famously. Oh, yes. <laughs> that had to make it. That and I can't tell you why. I'm not proud of it. I don't... Maybe I am, actually. It's comfort. I think it's the fact that there's a series. And again, community spirit. Me yes. and my best friend Kim always talk about this. The characters in the book, you just start to fall in love with them. And you just... You know what to expect. Like... And I love that. What about Angus Thongs and Full Frontal Snogging, the book <gasps> series? Did you read the book series? I'm sorry. The fact that I found out about this from you through the newsletter <laughs> was too meta for me. I... Like... No. Like... Sorry, Laura and I discovering things about each other literally on the internet. (laughs) But I loved Angus Thongs. I I had every single book. Same. I still have them. They're beautiful. I still think they are such... covers. Like, cool covers. Anyway. They were like the neon... Oh, okay. Great shout. I also still... What's the song in the movie? She's so lovely. Every time I hear that. Yeah, I know. (gasps) Okay. We've got to keep this thing moving. I'm going to... This one is Rogue, but I really wanted to talk about this. This is a comfort place. And I'm not talking... Maybe I am. I'm not talking about your home, your bed. I'm talking about, like... For me, this is, like, when I'm finding things hard or... It's the place that I drive to. Which, in New Zealand, I think, is different. Like, here, I've said don't have a car I'm probably at home but this was like in New Zealand when I had a car I would just constantly drive to the beach and there were several beaches that I would drive to and funnily enough we did a article where I asked a bunch of people who lived in Auckland quite a lot of people actually where their breakup spot was and we did a map and it turns out everyone's comfort slash breakup spot place is the same place and there are like several car parks around beaches in Auckland. Oh my God. Honestly, I will link it in this as well. There was like 30 people are out here in the Marangi Bay car park. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Breaking up. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that like, you know, needing, like being a teenager, wanting to get out of the house. There's one place you can go. Wow. I love that. I haven't, I haven't thought about comfort place, but I absolutely know it. It's, and I just went there down South, like Avery Moore. It's a place I used to go with my family. For me, important because it reminds me of my little brother who's no longer with us. But I will tell Mm. you when I went down there. So I first ever, there's a thing called geocaching. I don't know if you know what it is, but it's like, it's like scavenger hunts in real life. And, um, I first ever found a geocache with James and my mum. That's my little brother. And so when I went down there this time, you can like lay geocaches and hide them. So I hid one like in James's honour in this like special place called Jimmy's Joint. Because also like we famously smoked a joint like out on the fucking lake there. And it's just gone live. And in the first day that it went live, two people have gone and found it. And it's cute because every time they find it, they have to read a little bit that I wrote about James, which is like, this was his favorite spot at the lake. And like, he loved to take photos here and blah, blah, blah. And so like now there's like random people from around the world or around New Zealand are like going and finding it. And that's definitely, if it wasn't already my comfort place, which it was, even more now. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) Sorry, everyone, for (laughs) trauma dumping on you a little bit there, but... (laughs) No, but it's so cute. Yeah, I know. So I get emails every time someone finds it and every time it's like, it lives on. I send it to my family. Oh. I know. So cute. Well, I think on that note, that was basically a very 
rushed version. But I think what I love about comfort stuff, and we just want to hear everyone else's. Excuse me. We haven't done albums and you <gasps> see that we would. Very quickly. I'm so sorry. Give me, give me albums. Okay. Again, this is, I actually physically can't, but we've talked about this before. Um, a Seat at the Table, Solange. That for me, okay. huge, huge, huge album. Around the same time, I think Melodrama as well. Yes. Massive. Leon Bridges, yep. Coming Home, huge for me. Haim, we've talked about this before. Yes. I'm seeing them next week, but every single album essentially coincided with a breakup for me. So they're all my breakup oh. albums, but also just amazing albums and the soundtrack of me and my friends. And I am probably going to pass out next week when I see them. You are. We need to hear a debrief of the concert after you've gone. Oh, you will. Liz? Um, Really quickly, again, I have a full list in the newsletter, but both of the Shrek soundtracks are definitely my comfort soundtracks. I love the Jonas that. Brothers... <laughs> First few the Jonas Brothers' first few album, albums, One Direction's first album, Avril Lavigne's Let Go album, obviously Atomic K- Kitten, and I have to give a shout out to The Lonely Island. Basically, anything they fucking sing is my comfort thing. I love this. And on that note, come and join the Geneva chat and tell us about all your comfort things. Oh, please. Also, tell us about what you've been cooking. Also, go and follow shit you should cook about because it's so cool. Oh. It's like so cute. It's actually, I'm it's obsessed. just so fun having everyone there. <laughs> I Seeing so what people cute. cook is the best thing in the world. I'm sorry, normie cooking the eggs the other, <laughs> no, the beans the other week the beans. was the sweetest thing. I know, and then I got a text from my friend that was like, I cooked the beans, and then I went to a dinner, and they also oh. served me beans, and so I had too many beans, and I was like, wow, shit you should cook about, like, really does affect people's digestive sy- no, systems. No, not you out here with your heart, then. <laughs> no, I was thinking that as you are saying, your comfort fucking food, and it was like tomato sauce, like tomato pasta, I was like, oh my god. Maybe like season. a gentle cleansing soup for you or something one day. I'll work it out. I'll figure it out. Maybe a risotto. Give us gone soup. Give anyway. Give us gone soup. <laughs> She's doing a juice cleanse. Give us gone soup. Anyway, oh. team, I've loved this episode. I really hope you have. Laura, have you? Absolutely loved it. Let's do this every week. Oh, I wish. Go and watch your comfort things, people. Bye. Lots of love. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.